Welcome to the Team Clear Coat Podcast. This is an automotive enthusiast podcast by two car nerds. We love cars. We love talking about cars. We love yelling at each other about cars. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. And this is our show. Hello, everybody. I would like to welcome you to a very special Team Clear Coat podcast episode. You guys, I have no idea what's happening. I'm very scared and confused right now. I have uh, channeled the spirit of the great interviewers of the past <laughs> and present. <laughs> Terry Gross. Okay. Uh, Stephen Colbert. Yep. Um, Ira Glass. All right. Sarah Koenig. Yeah. Mostly NPR personalities then. Yeah, that's really it. And then yeah. uh, it, just Colbert in there. Just for just sure. just random sprinkling. Okay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, energy levels are high. Ian and I are chomping at the bit to record a podcast. I'm super excited to talk to Ian about his chump car racing debut yeah. at Road America. And uh, let's get into it, Ian. Okay. Say hello to everybody, Ian. Hello, everybody. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, my name is Dave. My name is Ian. I gestured to Ian to make him say that. <laughs> um, and this is Team Clearcoat. Uh, so, Ian. Yes, Dave. Your chump car race yes. was at the Road America course in Wisconsin. Yes. I have here my notes that I need to look up the length of the course. <laughs> <laughs> the altitude change and the quantity of turns. I have failed to do that because I wrote this when I was on an airplane. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm not sure of the exact altitude, but it's about 1,000 feet, I think, okay. uh, is what Wisconsin is at. Maybe a little less than that. Um but it's in um, uh, southeastern Wisconsin. Um, it's a little over four miles long, the track. The track is four miles long? Yeah, there's a lot of long straights. I thought it was about two and change. No, it's uh, over four miles. It's wow. A, it's a long lap. Um, and uh, there are 14 turns. Okay. All right. So I can Did you have you a favorite? Uh, I had a least favorite. Okay, we'll get into that at some point. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, there was some that were a lot of fun. Okay, awesome. So uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Chump Car is a division of what kind of racing? So it's a it's a budget, it's allegedly a budget, uh, as, as budget as racing can be, a, a budget endurance series. So it's the number of laps that you do is is what's key. So you, there's a set amount of time and then you have to do as many laps in that amount of time as possible. Excellent. Um, and I do like how you, uh, kind of air quoted the word budget Yeah. because <laughs> there is really no such thing as budget racing. Right. But I mean, it, it is all relative. It does have a lower barrier to entry than a lot of other forms of racing. Yes. Um, and f for good reason, because the things that they make you spend money on are things like safety equipment, yeah. Roll cages. Yeah. Hans devices. Is that how you say it? Hans? Hans. Yeah. Uh, the Hans device is not mandatory. I think you have to have a Hans or a neck brace. Oh, okay. Thing. One of those donut. Yeah. Uh, and they're actually braces. sponsored by NextGen, which is a uh, competitor of Hans. Oh, okay. But um, yeah, so you have to have some sort of neck, either pad or restraint system. Okay. And for anybody who doesn't know a Hans device is it, it goes over your shoulders and helps prevent uh it secures to your helmet. It basically helps in the event of a crash 
catastrophic separation of head from body. Yeah, is <laughs> yes. what it is okay. what it does. It like it 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 clips in underneath, or it's it goes underneath the straps, and then it connects to your helmet. So it basically connects your helmet to your body. Okay. Okay. I mean, you have to think that in the event of a crash, that is a lot of a m- momentum that right. moves forward. It, and especially with a helmet on, that's some extra weight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you flew to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you met up with your with your dad and your uncle. Yeah. So it was uh, driving the car. There was four drivers. Um, it was a 16-hour race. So okay. nine hours on Saturday. Seven hours on Sunday. Okay. Um, it was uh, my dad, my uncle, my cousin, and myself driving, and uh, my aunt was in the was running the pits. Okay. Um. So yeah, it was a kind of a family affair, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Excellent. So um, you had a shakedown <clears throat> and practice session on Friday. Yes. Um, did you guys have a driver's meeting or what kind of, what kind of formal types of things did you guys have to attend as drivers of the event or as participants? So I had to go to novice school on Friday evening, um, basically just to kind of go over flags and, and, and rules and stuff. And that was pretty helpful. There were a few things that they could have been a little clearer on. Um, there was a, a, an issue with the blend line on the pit exit, uh, where they didn't quite cover that in enough detail and people ended up getting black flagged. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then also they didn't really cover full course yellows in a really good way. So like I, I screwed up and I screwed up somebody's race a little bit. Um, so I apologize to the gentleman in the Maxima who uh, (laughs) was holding up, but, uh, um, my second stint on Sunday, I, uh, I got in the car and there was a full course yellow. Okay. And they, and the driver's meeting had talked about, you know, going 50% for for waving yellows. And so I was going 50%, but I then got the hurry up from the guy behind me and the and someone in the flag stand. I was like, "Oh, okay. So I have to go catch up with the rest of the field and then and then I then we go 50%." Okay. So, okay. Uh, yeah, it was frustrating the <laughs> the guy in the Maxima and I I just didn't know. Right. Yeah. Right. And and so those are the kinds of things that are discussed at the meetings beforehand. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Any any other formal things that you had to attend um before the actual racing started? No. No, that was it. Well, um my my dad and my uncle had to take the car through tech, obviously. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, but I, I wasn't there for that. Um so yeah, you you go through tech and they, they go through inspection, make sure you're not cheating and there's been some controversy about that with this race oh really um, yeah okay a little bit well i'll make a note we can talk about that later yeah yeah i'm sure so so for anybody who doesn't know tech is where they inspect the the vehicle to make sure it's safe to be on the track safe for the driver safe for everybody else and like you said in addition to make sure that they the participants aren't cheating in some way right because if racing has anything it's an excellent legacy of people who cheat yeah yeah no no uh, yeah everyone who races is a completely upstanding individual <laughs> There's never any bending of the rules no. or yeah. No, it does not happen. Conflicting politics yeah. or, you no. know, <laughs> anything like that inside of the industry of racing? No. No, it doesn't happen. Okay, excellent. Uh I'm going to go ahead and just check that box. All right. <laughs> um so on the on the Friday shakedown practice. Yeah. About how much time did you have? I think I had about an hour in the car. Okay. 
we had some issues. Um, so they were they were doing some setup changes and and stuff. So my dad, and my uncle had time in the in the morning. Um, and then we had I don't remember what it was. We had some sort of issue. We had to like. I remember you saying that they swapped camber plates before you showed yeah, up. Yeah, they were messing with the camber plates, and then there was some other thing that we had to find. I don't remember what it was, but uh, that we were messing with. But um, yeah, so on the Friday, they were doing some setup adjustment because uh, this was the first race with the new spin, the new wider wheels yes. that they were able to find. Um, so they were trying to get the camber and toe uh, dialed in. Um, I'm really bad at articulating <laughs> setup. I know how the car behaves and I can articulate how it felt, mm-hmm. but I don't know exactly how that relates to camber or toe or um, I'm bad at that stuff. So. Okay. Um, but yeah, they were messing with it and they said it was improved from when they drove it before. I only drove it after they had settled on a, on a, on a setup. So. Okay. And so all of this, uh, all of this has to take place during daylight hours because Road America does not have lights. Is that correct? Yeah. I, I think they might actually have lights, but they don't, they, we weren't running at night. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. And so you had about an hour in the car on Friday to do mm-hmm. some practice yeah. and your initial impressions of the car and pre-race jitters kind of run me through that. Yeah. I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like the car. <laughs> That's what first. your text said. So, yeah. yeah. So it was a Maserati 1987 Maserati by turbo. Um, that is, you know, most largely stock. Um, that's a V6. What's a, the displacement? It's a V6 made by Citroen. I believe it's related to the engine that came, that was in the, no, the, oh, I screw this up. The SM, right? Okay. Yeah. Not the DS, but the second one. Okay. So the, the crazy spaceship looking ones, right? Yeah. Oh, let's narrow that down. The crazy spaceship looking Citroen. Well, with, yeah. the, with the air, with the, the high, the air suspension and all yep. that. Yep. Um, or the, the oil suspension or whatever the hell it was. Anyway, um, so it's related to the, that, that Citroen V6, but it's obviously got two turbos on it. Uh, rated at about 180 horsepower from the factory. Wow. So I think, and they were running only like nine pounds of boost. So it's I, pretty much stock, but the car weighs nothing. I mean, it was just over 2,000 pounds, I think. Uh, okay. Wet. I think okay. It was just over 2,000 pounds. But just for context for anybody, mm-hmm. um, running nine pounds of boost in a turbo like that for an older engine is probably getting close to the limits of what you can do without some serious engine modifications. I'm, um, I'm not sure actually. Yeah. I'm not sure what the compression is on that. Like, okay. Maybe a little bit higher. My dad and my uncle seem to think that they could turn it up from there. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know. Okay. But you might, you might be right. For contrast, I'm running about 22 pounds of boost in yeah. the Saab. Yeah. Yeah. Turbo noises. Turbo noises. Yeah. Did they have externally vented blow-off valves? No. Oh, just recirculators that yeah. dumped it back into yeah. the air intake? Oh, you didn't get turbo noises, Yeah, we had, we had like the quietest car there by sub-margin. <laughs> I can see that not being, uh, not going over very well with you. Well, no, it was fine. It was just, it was just interesting. And it sounded cool from inside the car. Okay. Um, obviously, inside the car was pretty loud because there's no carpets or anything like that. Yeah. And no windows, so... Um, but yeah, it was, so I got in the car and first of all, I was very uncomfortable. Um, so my family is Scandinavian. My dad's side of the family is Scandinavian and they're all tall. My dad is six one. I am not six one. My cousin is six three. Um, so they had kind of set the car up for them 
So they had it on. They had the seat on a slider, which was good. Oh, but <laughs> I, when I put the seat where I was comfortable, the I I could use the pedals comfortably, but I was so close to the steering wheel that I only had like I'm gonna say like 25 degrees of lock because my elbow <laughs> would hit the bolt, the side bolster of the seat. Oh no! So it was just like I. I was really like claustrophobic and I, I couldn't actually use the car properly. So I had to move back. And so I spent the whole weekend stretching with my right foot to use the gas pedal. Okay. Um, because the, and so that was, that was the other thing that was, took me that I struggled with all weekend and I never really got comfortable with it was the pedal setup. For whatever reason, they still have the stock pedal set up and the, the clutch feel is fine and the brake feel is fine. The feel of the pedals was okay. It was just the gas pedal is so far down from receded. The, yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's really exaggerated, yep. receded from yep. the brake. Yep. Um, like more than your car, which is insane because my Saab is quite sa- staggered. Like yeah, that. and it's right up against the transmission tunnel. Oh. The transmission tunnel is like right up against it. Okay. So there's no room in that pedal box uh-huh. to heel toe. It's impossible. You can't. Okay. Do it. I tried. Several times. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, so it's really hard to like. So I I struggled with braking all all weekend. That was the biggest thing because first of all, it's not the most stable car. It wants as soon as you go near the brake pedal. I would I was kept saying that like every time you go near the brake pedal, it's an adventure. Okay. Like okay, but not really a good one. Well, I mean, there's that's not the time to have an adventure. <laughs> You want predictability when yes. when you're braking. And yes, you do. I wasn't getting that, so I I never like settled in, and I'm sure a lot of that was just my inexperience, um, and lack of skill. But like, I just never got comfortable. Part of it, it, it did get better throughout the weekend because I, this was the one setup thing that I had input on was I was kept bugging them to drop the tire pressure. Okay. Um, and because they were running way too high, and you could feel it the tires squirming around. I remember you saying in a text that you, you felt like the car moved around a lot. Yeah. I mean, it still did, but you could, uh, there's a difference between the car that like the chassis setting off for a wander on its own. And then when you can feel the, the surface of the tires, like looking for grip. Okay. And I could feel that. And it, and I knew that that's what it was because at a track day that we were at when we had that instructor ride along with yes. us. Yes. Uh-huh. He told me that my tire pressure was too high. And I remembered that feeling. And I remember the feeling of how it changed as I dropped the tire pressure. Okay. Um, and, you know, we would, what finally convinced them that I was right was that we took some tires off on Saturday. And I, sh- you could, the tires looked like fucking Pepe Le Pew. Like there was just a big stripe around, stripe of wear right down the middle. Okay. Uh, so they weren't, wearing evenly there were, okay you could see where it was ballooned out and yes. was wearing in the middle yep the too high tire pressure the tire is domed on the surface of the road right you're only getting that contact in the middle yeah and yeah that's not good because you're not using all of the tire right so i mean so you'd get you'd hit the brakes at 115 miles an hour for a oh, 70, man. To 70 mile an hour corner and all of a sudden you're you're moving around yeah and and even even at the best of times, that car wants to rotate on braking. 
their back end wants to wants to be in front of you immediately. Really? Yeah. So you're and there's no ABS. So I've never I've of never course. driven a fast car without ABS before. Okay. Um, which was nerve wracking. I locked them up a couple times. So uh-huh. Trying just trying to feel. feel well, it out, yeah. But if you're not aware of the braking limits on the car, it's inevitable that you are going to hit the limits pretty quick. Yeah. So we. <laughs> I, Otherwise, you're not race driving. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I never really got comfortable in the braking zone. And then to make matters worse, you couldn't heel toe. So every time I would shift into gear, you know, if you're if you're trying to push yourself in the braking zone, you don't necessarily have time to come off the come off the brake, rev match, and then go into gear. So you're trying to just slot it into gear while you're on the brakes, and then that upsets the rear even more. Yes, as, it does. As yeah. the uh, wheels try to match the engine speed. Um, so. It was a handful under braking, for okay. sure. Okay. So that was my biggest struggle all weekend. Okay. And and you really started to kind of flesh this out on Friday during this practice session. Well, on Friday, on on Friday, like the tire pressures were really really high. Okay. I was kind of ner- I was really nervous in the car. Sure. Um, sure. Because it was my first time, and it was my first time at that track, so I'm trying of to learn, trying to learn the track. Yeah. Um. So I did not have a good a good time on Friday at all I was okay really uncomfortable and and nervous and I was, it made me really nervous for the next day okay all right so let's segue into friday night after after practice was there any kind of work that you guys did on the car there wasn't much we were just kind of cleaning it up and and, and getting it ready we weren't really none of us really pushed that hard on on friday we were just kind of trying to get our eye in with it okay um did so, you have to deal with any precipitation throughout the day on friday no, no, we had nothing. Um, okay, which was nice. Great. Yeah, it was cold though. Okay. Yeah, track temperatures were. That was another thing that we, you know, that was a, but that was the same for everybody. I mean, we woke up. The lows were like twenty eight. Okay. At night, so you know, you get to the track at seven, and it's the track temperature is like thirty degrees. Yep. Which is well outside the operating <laughs> window for all of our tires. Yes. Yeah. It was great for our turbos, but uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Friday night, um, going to sleep, like how, how were the pre-race jitters? You, you weren't feeling that good. How was your rest that night? Yeah, it actually wasn't that bad. I kind of settled in and, you know, I was just like, well, this is what it's going to be. Okay. And I think it was good that it was with my family cause I wasn't, I didn't feel that much pressure. And I had, my goal for the weekend was just to like get seat time not break anything mm-hmm. and just be as consistent as I could be. I knew I wasn't going to be that fast and I was okay with that. And actually, I mean, my dad and I had, had a lot of conversations ahead of time and talking about how we weren't going to be going 10 tenths. The, you know, the goal wasn't to go 10 tenths every lap. The okay. goal was to just be solid, consistent. Um, so that's, that's what I was going for. And I knew I could, you know, I knew I could drive, get the car around uh-huh. at, something less than 10 tenths. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, w- I wasn't too nervous. I just was a little frustrated that I wasn't finding speed where I thought I should or could. Okay. Okay. Kind of analyzing your performance on the track and looking for the, those areas where you could be faster or I should be faster through here, right. but I'm not exactly sure why. Yeah. Did you have, did you have metrics from 
the the time like did you have timing from the practice session as per lap and and splits throughout the lap uh not no splits um just basically someone holding an iphone and timing so we didn't okay we don't there's no telemetry on the car at all okay um just a, a gps speedo that's it so okay okay um so let's talk about saturday let's talk about the start of the race yeah um you are <laughs> slotted to take the third shift in the car Initially? Oh, initially, yeah. I was supposed to take the third I was supposed to take the third stint in the car. And so we get there and it's really cold. Mm-hmm. Kind of get like About up. what time? Seven in the morning? About seven, yeah, because mm-hmm. the race started at eight thirty. Um so we had to be there for driver's meeting and you know, get the car warmed up and okay. all that sort of stuff. So what was that driver's meeting? Just kind of the reiterating um you know, no contact and talking okay. about black flags and uh, some like course specific rules, like the the pit speed limit. And oh, okay. All that sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so. So my uncle started out in the in the car. And it was so cold that we were actually getting tiny little snow flurries in okay. the pits. He couldn't see it from the car because it was really, really slight. But I remember you texting, and it's snowing. Yeah. And you could see, like, you could hear everyone in the pits, like, start to see him. Uh-huh. And just be like, oh, come on. <laughs> right at the you, beginning of the You're week. joking. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so we can't, so it's snowing, but he's putting in really great times, like sub three minutes. So. Excellent. Three minutes. Around like, I think the fast lap of the race was like the, a two forty nine. Wow. Um. So, anything in that two fifties range. So I think his fast lap was a two fifty eight, which wasn't you know with the leaders. The leaders were kind of lapping consistently around two fifty to two fifty five, uh. But, you know, still a pretty respectable. That's very fast. Yeah. On a cold track. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so once the tires came up, temperature and he started to burn off a little bit of fuel. It the car sort of came to him and he was, he was really enjoying it. Okay. Uh, and, and pushing hard. So, and, and, and your that dad... was the fast lap of the race. Okay. It was the two fifty eight for us. Wow. It was the two fifty eight. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I, I should have mentioned that your dad and your uncle do have some race experience. Yeah. I think they, they've kind of raced on and off amateur wise, you know, for like 30 years or something. So, okay. But it's been pretty sporadic, I think. With this car, or with different cars, well, they've had they've done they've um, raced with this car for a couple of seasons now. Okay. Um, so this is just my first time in the car. Excellent. Um, okay. My, my brother's been involved too. He actually welded the cage. Oh wow! Which comes up later. Okay. All right. Comes up right now in this part of the story. Actually, <laughs> I um I did also want to mention uh, the seat rail bolt. When did that happen? Oh, that's what it was. Okay. That's All right. What I, happened I, on I, Friday? Okay. So I it, remember. We'll jump back to Friday real quick. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Uh yeah. Go <laughs> ahead go ahead and run me through that. So in the in the Maserati the 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 stock uh seat rail is just a little piece of sheet metal essentially like bent sheet metal metal that goes that bolts onto the or is welded onto the floor and it's pretty thin gauge but that's what the seat bolts to. So that's what they had the the rails of the for the race seat bolted to. And so my cousin was about to get in the car and I was helping him get it, get strapped in. He was trying to move the seat, and I noticed that the it was tip. It looked like it was tipping back and forth a little okay. bit. Okay. And so I was like, "Hey, hold on a second. So he got him back out of the car, and uh, we were looking at it, and they 
for, I don't know how it happened, but the bolt had pulled straight through mm-hmm. that that piece of sheet metal. So they had to, so we had to go to uh, the hardware store and basically <laughs> we drilled out through the floor and just bolted it straight through the floor and had a bunch of like fender fender washers and stuff. I would assume, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yep. that that was what that's what happened on okay. Friday. Okay. So that's why I only got. Uh, about an hour or so in the car right at the end of the day. Okay. So, so now we'll fast forward back to Saturday. Yeah. So so my uncle's doing the first stint. But f- so then it's supposed to be like uh, two hour-ish stints in the car. And and that's when we run out of fuel. And also there's a maximum. That's the maximum oh, stint length okay. uh, for safety rules. Uh, so I think it was only like 45 minutes or an hour into his stint. And he comes over the radio and says, I've been, I've been hit. And he actually had two incidents. Really? A Miata hit him. Um, but it was, it was a pretty light scuff. And then, um, coming out of this, uh, a slow part of the, the course. So in the, in the video game that we were playing, project Project cars, project cars, there's the kink. Uh huh. They weren't running the kink. They were running the bend, which is, uh, they put a chicane in there. Oh, okay. and so coming out of the bend, um, there was like an old Mustang there. I think it was like a 70, 73, I think, uh, fastback Mustang. Okay. And, uh, big, heavy car. Yep. Kind of useless in the corners. Um, yeah. And, and he lost it. He lost the rear end, um, coming out of the bend and, I don't know if he tried to get it back or whatever, but he was basically sideways when he caught traction. Oh, no. And smashed right into the side of the Maserati. The driver's side. The driver's side. Right. Basically, I mean, we got lucky because he, he hit it right at the B pillar, which is not ideal for long term. Okay. But he missed the suspension, uh, which is good uh, because if he had, you know, hit right yes. where the, the strut tower was, that would have been game yeah. over. That, yep. would, that would have been it. Yes. Um, but so completely smashed the door in, um, oh, bent man. the B pillar, um, but the 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 cage did its job. Okay. And it just, as soon as he kind of got into the cage, it just started pushing the car sideways. Excellent. So, um, um, you know, my, my uncle was obviously really quite animated when he got back and was pretty pissed. Yeah. Um, so we got him out of the car and uh, my cousin went to work with the hacksaw and we basically had to just like, and then I got ready. So they decided that I was going to get, I was going to be in the car next. So my first experience in a race car was right after it got crashed. <laughs> I I really wish I could have had like some ambient voice recordings. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the decision to put you in right after that, it was, it, I don't, I, mean, I don't remember why. I don't remember how that how that happened but there was some there was some rationale behind it okay um so i got in the car right after that and i was oddly kind of calm about it um i did somebody kind of el- somebody else kind of broke the seal for you yeah you that's know? true yeah, yeah maybe that was part of it like yeah. well i mean i'm not gonna right like the car has been damaged yeah right the yeah. body isn't straight anymore right hey you know <laughs> and you see that's other you see other people rolling with it in their attitude yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, knowing that it's not the end of the world. Right. That you're just going to take a hacksaw to get the metal away from the, that was bent towards the tire. Yeah. 
and then you guys are going to go about your day. Yeah. I would imagine that's yeah. some kind of comforting. Yeah, it was actually. Maybe that maybe that was part of it. Team um, clear coat, some kind of comforting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> All right. Go on. Continue to talk. Yeah, so he uh they were you know just trying to get as much metal away from the tire as possible. Um that was somewhat unsuccessful though cuz as soon as I got out it was still rubbing pretty bad. Um okay. And I actually <laughs> I actually uh looped it around uh in a braking zone uh somebody checked up on me going into a corner uh, oh it, they were in front of you yeah and, and they broke the, uh they hit the brakes pretty hard yeah i can't remember what had, somebody got loose in front of me like a couple cars in front of me and i was in traffic and uh so someone right in front of me checked up and i i ended up spinning oh wow and i think part of that too was that it was still rubbing on the on the tire and i, okay. I think it blocked up more easily because of that because it was rubbing as I was spinning. Okay. Um, but I got ba- got it back on the track. I had to take it back into the pit. So we lost a little over an hour um, with that, you know, which, you know, all things considered, it was okay because, you know, the alternative was that we were out. Right. Um, so, yeah, we lost an hour trying to get that together. So I was in the car for another 10 minutes in the garage while they pulled sheet metal away from the tire. Okay. Um, but then I got back out and... I kind of started to settle in a little bit and uh, started to get used to traffic mm-hmm. and um, and all that. And it ended up doing a full stint, full two hour stint. Excellent. On Saturday and didn't have any, didn't have any run-ins. Okay. My lap times were eh, but yeah. consistent. Yes. Um, Very consistent. Yeah. So that's, that's how Saturday went. Okay. Um, one thing that I do want to get into, and maybe we should hit it at a later point, but I, one of the things that is really um, intriguing to me and appealing to me about this type of racing is that that kind of mentality where, you know, like, this is the problem. We've got to fight this fire. We've got to, right. we've got to get this. We've got to figure out. We've got to do some crisis mode thinking. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, I thrive on that kind of stuff. Like, that's, that's a huge hit of adrenaline for me. I love that kind of yeah. stuff. And um, I'm excited for us to possibly go into some kind of racing where we have an opportunity to, like, Ian and Dave putting our heads together, like, working through some stuff. And, like, you know, like, that seems like a very rewarding aspect of the racing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if um, relying on me to come up with mechanical fixes is a good idea, but that... That could work. We all have our roles. <laughs> <laughs> I also I also love the idea of like you and your cousin in a hardware store in racing suits, like looking for random washers and bolts to yeah. fix the seat rail. Yeah. You I know? mean, not far off. That's pretty much what happened. Um, <laughs> you have your helmet visors up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then um So so that that's the close of Saturday, right? So for, for your for stint. me and then and then a lot of time in the pits and um you know arguing about tire pressures and <laughs> um looking at tires as they came off and trying to figure out you know if we had setup issues or whatever so and so the the other three of you and your aunt are the pit crew while the other person is out yeah they, so we normally i guess they normally have a couple of people that come along to help with the pit that stuff. they talk into but they uh they they weren't able to come so okay. um, for whatever reason so um yeah it was just it was just us which meant we were busy and it meant uh, I had to be in my 
driving gear all day. Yeah. Um, because if you're in the pits, you have to have fire retardant. If you're fueling, you have to be, you have to have your, your okay. suit on. Okay. Um, and, and your helmet on and stuff. So, and it, is fueling done just out of like the red fuel containers? Thing? Five gallon jugs. Five gallon jugs. Okay. Yeah. So it's done five gallons at a time. Yep. That takes a little bit of time. huh? It does. Yeah. And they give you a timer too. So it's a five minute minimum. Um, oh, for adding fuel to the car? For adding. So when you get to pit pit in, they give you a, an egg timer and it's set to five minutes. And if you get to the end of pit road, if you get to pit out and that there's still time left on it, they're going to hold you until that timer is done. Oh, so wow. So that's the minimum amount of time in the pit. Okay. So we figured the minimum pit stop, because with an outlap and everything, um, is you're going to end up with like about a four minute lap can, you know, with that's kind of combining your, your in lap and out lap penalties and the five minutes. So the, and a lap, uh, a pit stop is a minimum of nine minutes. Okay. Um, ish. And, um, but we were, we were on day one, like, like 14 to 17 minutes. Okay. Pretty bad pit stops because uh-huh. we were just like didn't have our we didn't not everyone had a job and we were kind of arguing and excellent okay um, yeah not excellent but i mean right. excellent that i understand the mechanics of what you're saying but yeah. we got better at that on on sunday you guys started clicking as a team yeah well my cousin kind of took over the the pit stop stuff he decided he wasn't going to drive on sunday and just wanted to concentrate on the pit stuff and oh really to his credit i mean we shaved like an average of like five minutes off our pit stops, which is like a lap and a half. That's, That's a amazing. Huge, yeah. Huge margin. Yeah. Um, so he, he did a really good job with that um, and deserves a lot of credit for keeping That's us great. Keeping us in the top 25. Wow. Uh, spoiler alerts. Yeah. But uh, so, so let's go to Saturday night. You've, or, or Saturday, the rest of the race, mm-hmm. uh, your dad and your cousin take a shift in the car. Yeah. So because it was nine hours, my my cousin went third. I don't remember. And then my dad had a had a stint, and then my my uncle had a, a second stint at the end. Okay, because uh, it was nine hours, so it didn't quite work out. Sure. Um, and then um, we had, you know, kind of a lot to do on on Saturday night. Yeah, um, let's get into Saturday night. Yeah. So we had, um. We thought maybe that the alternator was going. Oh, shoot. Um, so they tried to, like, take apart the alternator and see what was going on. We were getting a lot of oil. Rear main seal. Uh, okay. Tons of tons of oil we were losing. And it also has a weird problem where, like, the, the heads hold on to oil. Like, they don't drain properly. Uh-huh. Um, and it's apparently a known issue with those engines. Um, and it's made worse by track driving. Sure. So you end up having to run the car with like half a quart more oil than you normally would. Oh, because less is up. in the pan, more in the head, more is in the heads. Right. Just okay. to keep the pressure up and keep the, um, uh, keep that oil being pushed through the heads. Okay. Um, so that was always fun. Um, so we were working on that. We were hoping to change transmission fluid because the synchro started getting weak in, in fourth. Um, but we couldn't, we ended up not being able to change the transmission fluid because we had no way to, we had no plug. Okay. Adapter thingy. This is my, this is my mechanical ability coming through. Okay. Um, so talk to me about the synchro getting weak. So what was that like? So it's just, you clutch fully in Uh and you go from third to fourth Uh and it, you can feel the, 
you could feel like those little like the teeth resistance on through your hand. Okay. Um so and and then occasionally it would even grind a little. Uh, oh, okay. So the sync I mean synchro mesh, you know what synchro mesh does. So it just basically uh synchronizes both sides of the transmission so you can easily Okay. Put the gear one spinning thing to another spinning thing. Right. Makes them spin at the same rate. Yeah. Okay. Essentially. So okay. Uh, that was started getting weak, and it you could you could feel it. So like shifts from third, like that gearbox is already like you have to be really patient with it. There's no snap gear changes. Okay. So, but third to fourth started to be like clutch in, put it in neutral. Put it in fourth. Let the clutch out. Like it wow. was really slow. Very methodical. Yeah. Yeah. So you had to be really deliberate about it. So that was just another thing we had to end up like manage managing uh-huh. throughout the race. So and swapping out the transmission fluid would have and adding more transmission maybe, fluid maybe would have helped. With yeah. Not sure. So. Right. Exactly. And that's also this. I mean, they the previous race they changed that transmission. So oh. Okay. That's the second transmission that's been in the car that season. This okay. Season. Um, and it's a, oh, I forgot to mention, it's a dog, that was another learning curve thing. It's a dog leg. First gear? Dog leg first gear. So. Okay. Reverse is all the way to the left and up. Uh-huh. And then below that is first gear. Oh, crazy. And Which then, is tr- traditionally where second is, yeah. Yeah. And then second gear is, uh, in the middle, oh. up, up into the middle. Uh-huh. And then third, fourth, fifth are kind of in line right fall in after yeah. That. yeah which actually once you got used to it it was actually really great because you're probably using second gear more than you are first right yeah you first gear was basically just leaving the pits that okay was it. uh-huh and then you're in second the rest of the time uh so and actually by the end of the race i was really only using second uh for maybe like for like one corner um everything else was third gear and higher yeah because it, there's so much torque from the the turbo uh-huh so i mean you had torque from like 3,500 RPM. So Excellent. you could be in third gear from, for most of it, most everything. And actually okay. a lot of times I was short shifting in fourth for a lot of stuff. Okay. And, and it, I can't believe I forgot to mention, but it, since it is turbo, how was the boost lag? How was that? Yeah, um, it was definitely old school in its power delivery. Uh-huh. But I mean, it wasn't a crazy amount of power. So it wasn't right. like, you know. Not like the Saab where it, it's a rubber band snapping you in the face. Right. But it, there was a little of that. It okay. was it was very old school with how it delivered its power, which was cool. It was yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, in the race, you're you're in the power the whole time anyway. So yes. you're, there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of, like, waiting for it to come on. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but it was, it was a lot of fun. The That's way awesome. It, the way it delivered its power. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, Saturday, Saturday night, you guys are doing the repairs. Um, and then like, how late did you go? It, were, oh, and you were in kind of a shared warehouse paddock area. Yeah. So there, we, um, there was an option to get a garage, some garage space and. Okay. So we, for an additional fee or. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know exactly how much more it was, but I'm glad we did because it was cold. Yeah. And very dark. There weren't any lights in the paddock. So there was, okay. I mean, there was guys out there which i felt really bad for they were like changing transmissions and stuff and pitch black and you know 30 degree weather which sounds miserable um but yeah so we had the the garage space and um you know (laughs) leaking oil everywhere (laughs) and uh and you know a lot of bickering Um, (laughs) it's it's family racing yeah yeah so a lot of arguing and uh my cousin and i just kind of set our heads to you know we uh blood the brakes and 
uh, change pads, which made a big big difference uh, with the brake feel. It was night and day. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, because we were down to the metal on the left front. Um, really? By the end of the last stint on Saturday. Holy cow. Yeah, we went through a set of brake pads. But that was Friday and Saturday, so okay. not so bad. Um, and so And we were down like a set and a half of tires after Friday and Saturday. So we were, we were a little nervous about Sunday, but it was shorter day and we were able to get through it. So, okay. Okay. So we, I think we wrapped up. It wasn't too bad. It was like 10 30 or 11. Um, we got everything kind of, you know, done ish as done as it was going to be sure for the night. Um, and ready to go for the morning. We were kind of worried about the alternator Okay. Um, what were the symptoms that made you guys think that? Was it misfiring or? No, we on? were um, having communications issues with the radio. Okay. For one. And we had a, a you know voltage meter in the car. And during the last stint, we were seeing redu- reduced voltages. Oh, okay. So we weren't sure if it was um, the alternator itself, if it was, you know, a wiring issue. So we were just checking all that stuff and trying to figure out what it was and we didn't have any extra belts. Oh. Um, and it's, you know, a 1987 Maserati by Turbo with not a stock alternator on it. So it wasn't even, you know, it was going to be a find a belt that's close enough if, if we needed to. Yes. Yeah. So on Sunday, are we ready for Sunday morning? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And so uh, real quick, talk to me about like overall fatigue level and how spent you felt heading into Sunday physically, mentally. Um, I felt pretty good Saturday night. I mean, I was tired, but I was okay. And um, the surprising, the thing that I was most surprised at was how sore I was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. I was really sore waking up on, on Sunday morning. What areas? Just a whole body sore. Really? Yeah. I mean, I almost felt like I was in a car crash. Okay. But um, yeah, like, you know, my kind of upper back and, and shoulders um, and my legs for some reason. Okay. My foot like was... bracing yourself it through could the be. turns? Yeah, okay. it could have been. Um, and probably, you know, a little that I was still nervous. Uh-huh. So I was probably more tense than I should have been. But okay. um, yeah, I was really sore. And actually, I mean, this week I've been, I was sore for days after I got back. Okay. Which was okay. weird. It, it's really strenuous. Yeah. I think not a lot of people understand how strenuous it is. Yeah. And if anybody doesn't understand, they should try to drive a go-kart in anger for 10 minutes straight. Yeah, yeah, it's actually pretty tiring. Um but I I that was one the good thing. I felt like my fitness level was at least adequate. Like I wasn't yeah. wasn't struggling at all with with physical fatigue so i didn't have to worry about it i didn't have to think about that which was good and i mean i did want to say that you have been doing a great job like physically like like you've been you have been working out you've mm-hmm. been you know you are taking care of yourself in that regard right to, let me get some more beer and yeah talk more about how <laughs> good i take care of myself you work out you get to have the beer ian mm. um we always say like in the cycling world like you have to earn your cookies you got to earn your donuts you know? <laughs> right. yeah i don't know if there is enough riding that i could do to earn my donuts <laughs> given how many donuts i eat but anyway yeah. you get the point anyway yeah um but yeah so physically i think you are starting at a, at a good place you yeah. know so that that was good um but it was mentally it was mentally a little exhausting, especially I think because I was new to dealing with traffic and, yeah. and you know just keeping track of strategy and mm-hmm. then maintenance and there's yep. a lot going you on. You have to do everything. Yeah, yeah. It was 
it was a really it was a really cool experience um, in that respect because I got to see a lot of stuff that I didn't know about. Yeah. Um, so it, handling traffic, like your comfort level handling traffic going from Saturday into Sunday. Yeah. I um, how is the visibility in the car? Your peripheral awareness, the mirror setup. Yeah. The, how, so the mirror setup wasn't ideal. You know, partly because I'm a foot shorter than everyone else. <laughs> You're not that much shorter. Uh, <laughs> They're not six ten. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. Um, no, but it, it's still like, especially before I moved the seat back, uh-huh. I I couldn't see anything. Um, but once I kind of got comfortable, uh, it really wasn't too bad. I mean, like mentally on Saturday. It was still early in the race, so there were still a lot of cars on track. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were 70 cars. Yeah. 70. Yeah. And I think by the time I got on track, there was probably like 65. There, Like, the attrition rate was pretty steep <laughs> for those first few hours. Um, but um, that's still, I mean, even though it's a four-mile course, that's a lot of cars. It is. And so, like, mentally, it was just, ah! <laughs> You know, because it's like, I don't know where everyone's going. And I'm, I'm trying not to get in anyone's way. Right, yeah. Because And the other thing, too, is like when there's faster traffic, you don't necessarily have to race everybody because it's an endurance race. So right. you kind of have to run your own race and and you may be on a wildly different pace than somebody else. Right. Um, and come out close in the standings. Right. And, and so there would be, um, you know like preludes and, and you're and you're fast over different parts of the lap definitely with that kind of car diversity yeah so and i think it's really highlighted in at road america too because there's that that there's the a corner it's corners nine and ten it's called the carousel and it's a it's a really big sweeper yes it is yeah. so and that's a really good example because the front wheel drive cars really struggle on that okay because you know it's it's hard they, they just understeer city right yep it's a very long, very sweeping right-hand turn. Yeah, it's a little over 180 degrees. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the, the rear-wheel drive cars can carry a lot of speed. Yeah. Um, so you have like these massive speed differentials sometimes, uh, which was pretty crazy. And then, and then you know, uh, some of the like Miatas and lighter cars would carry just a lot more speed through braking zones and, uh, and corners. Partly because I'm not a very good driver, but, um, <laughs> that was part of it. Um, and but then you know I would I would I would reel them in on the straights and get get past them. So I actually had like a really good battle on Saturday on Saturday with a Miata. Really, kind of like swapping places with. Oh, that's great! And I'm sure I was just annoying the shit out of them <laughs> with my <laughs> with my lack of skill. Until they start their own podcast and do an episode about it, we'll just assume <laughs> you guys are having a great time. Yeah, I was having fun. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But yeah, we were kind of, and it would be like I would lose him for a few laps, and then I would get caught in traffic, and he would catch back up, and then uh-huh. I would lose him, and he would get ahead of me, and then I would catch him. Um, it was a lot of fun. Okay. But it was easy to kind of. Um, Sometimes you lose track of people mid corner. Um, okay, where they were in in three D space to your car. Yeah, yeah. So so that would happen once in a while, and I'm sure that's just experience. But um, I kind of got more comfortable with that by the end of the by the end of the weekend. And I know on Saturday I was getting in people's way, which I felt bad about. But okay. I was just trying not to hit anything. We all have to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We all do. Yeah. Everyone there has had a first day. Right. Right. Um, so then Sunday, 
you what uh slot i was second again second again okay um and this is a seven hour day whereas the first one was nine correct yes so much like the first day my stint started from the garage after (laughs) an hour of downtime okay Um, i had to find us an alternator belt in rural Wisconsin for a 1987 Maserati by Turbo. You're kidding me. I am not. So it's, the belt snapped or? The belt didn't snap, surprisingly. So I don't know if we lost tension or, or what happened, but we basically ran out of electricity uh-huh. and had to get towed back. Oh, um, okay. Because it dropped. We were trying to figure out like how long we can... Eek how, it out yeah, with the long. battery. So, so he turned the radio off. We were like uh-huh. trying to yep. you know, turn off anything we could. And then, um, so it basically it dropped below nine volts and that was game over. Okay. Okay. Um, so now we know. Okay. So that's what you need to know. You need nine volts to run a Maserati by turbo <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> Take all the batteries out of your smoke detectors yep. and get them ready. Yep. You okay. Need nine volts minimum. Um, okay. so we, we got that. I, I somehow found one at like advance and my dad went and got it, um, and, and it so was, you're just frantically calling around? Yeah, you, trying to find, and like... You have a part no, number off the, no, the existing belt? No, because he was still out on track. Oh. So he's running around on track uh-huh. and saying like, I'm running out of electricity. Okay. And we're just like, we don't know when it's going to die mm-hmm. or if it's going to die, but we strongly suspect that it will. Sure, so start taking whatever action you can. Right, so we're like... And luckily, we had measured it the night before. Oh. We measured the belt the night before because nice. we thought that might be an issue. Sure, sure. Uh, but we thought that we, – we honestly thought that it was the, – the alternator was filled with oil. Okay. But it, no, it was the belt. Okay. Um, so I found one that was close enough and we got it on there. Um, and it was just the belt was slipping. Yeah, I guess. And by the end of the race, it was squealing again. Okay. Um, but – Maybe there's yeah maybe the pulley's worn down and prematurely wearing the belt something so, something something's okay. amiss okay there. and it's a kind of a pain in the ass to change like because it looks like it should be really simple like you uh-huh. just undo two bolts on the alternator and slip the belt off but the crank position sensor is like right through where the belt goes oh so you have to take all that apart and then uh-huh. so you have to drop the skid plate to get the thing out it's <sighs> a whole thing so it took us about an hour a house of cards of yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, okay. well, you just do that. And then my, so my cousin and I were just like, well, we'll have this done in like five minutes. And my uncle was like, you're going to have to take the skid plate off. going to have to take the like, Turns out you have to take the taillights out. And that's the sort of communication that the Peterson family has where like he tells you the thing that has to happen like six steps later. He doesn't tell you why. It has okay. To so, okay. Yeah. And without justification, you're like, meh. You're like, well, I don't know why we would have, yeah. my hands are right. in there. Like, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Next, and then, you know, smash cut to half an hour later, you're dropping the skip plate. Yep, and exactly. swearing up a storm. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly how that happened. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, that was that. Uh-huh. And so then I got, I was in the car as they were like bolting the skid plate back up. Okay. Um, Getting ready to go. Taking a broken car out yet again. <laughs> um, but nobody hit it this morning. No. And so then I got out. I started out and there were there was under a full course yellow. And there was like, and this is this is uh, me building excuses for uh, for bad lap times. Uh, somebody had left all of their engine oil all over turn eight. <laughs> and it wasn't you guys? It wasn't us. Okay. No. Uh, I think it was a neon. And they they just exploded all over turn oh, okay. eight. Um, okay. 
So they so had to clean that up. Yeah, there was oil dry all through turn eight. Okay. Um, which and is, that's like a kitty litter type of gravel. Yeah, it's basically kitty litter. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you couldn't really go, and it was right on the line, so okay. you couldn't you couldn't go fast through there until that kind of got swept away by the cars. I would like to uh, take a side note and ask you if you know how they handle that at a dirt track event if an excess amount of oil is on the track they don't uh they burn it off really i have seen them take matches to spilled fluids on the track fantastic yeah i mean this is in warrensburg missouri so (laughs) in the 90s so who knows what happens (laughs) but i saw a i was at a dirt track event and I saw a car, a late model, like Oldsmobile maybe, uh-huh. flip nose, tail over nose, uh-huh. end over end, and land. And the engine, yeah, like, you know, all the fluids came out. All Jeez. of them. I'm sure all of the driver's fluids came out as well. That's he was, crazy. He or she was fine. Yeah. And they just took, they just, I was like, oh, I wonder how they're going to clean it up. And then, whoosh, <laughs> like, oh, that's how we do it in Missouri. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sure that practice is no longer used. Yeah. And anyway, so yeah, you had to deal with be. oil dry. Yeah. So the oil dry and then and then the restart from the full course yellow, because they bunch the field up. Yeah. And then it's a and then it's a restart. And then it's just and it's all mixed up. So like the Maxima that I was talking about was behind me. He was one of the two or three fastest cars on track. Oh. And uh, so he was behind me, and I was just like, I am whatever I need to do to let you get past me. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs> After you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I basically like just dove out of the way as soon as we went green. Okay. And let him go. Um, but yeah, it was um, it was pretty crazy, and I and I got to by the end of my by the end of that stint, um, I was a little more comfortable in the car, and I was a lot more comfortable in traffic. So I was actually like passing people in the braking zone and like awesome. doing, doing, doing a lot better. At one point we were three wide in the carousel and that was fucking terrifying. Wow. I was in the middle. That was, you were in the middle. It was scary as shit. <laughs> yeah. But it was like, it was, that was just what was happening. Oh. Cause I was passing someone and then someone was passing me and we ended up three wide. You were all in it at that point. Yeah. We were like, well, everyone just keep your wits about you and hold your line. Yeah. Hold your line. Yep. So um yeah it was it, it was good and and so Sunday we had we had dropped tire pressure and that made such a huge difference okay. in the car like it just and it was weird like and I, I started to have a, a better feel for the handling characteristics of the car it was still a handful in the braking zone and I still was never completely comfortable with that but um the turn in was really really good oh okay um like once we got that the tire pressure worked out and I, and I got comfortable. The turn in is really, really good, but I thought this was funny. So like the, the turn in was somewhat like, like it was so good. Like it was so willing to change direction initially that you think like, Oh, well I can carry more speed through here because it wants to turn in. Okay. But then you'd see, you'd look at the apex and Admiral Akbar would be standing there going, (laughs) it's a trap. (laughs) Don't do it. It's a trap. And it turns out then you just start understeering. So it was like what oh. it does the initial change of direction is good, but then it transitions into understeer and then you get oversteer on the exit. But the, oh, okay. and the traction on the exit was awesome. Really? Okay. Yeah. Best part about how that car handled. Like you awesome. could just nail it from the apex and just go. And not worry about spinning coming out of a turn. No, you would get a little bit of oversteer, but it was super progressive and okay. you could 
you could kind of play with it a little bit. And okay. So that was that was great. Um, but yeah, that breaking breaking getting to the turning point was the uh-huh. sketchiest part. Okay. And then um, and then you get some mid corner understeer, but it was totally manageable. And and then the exit was awesome. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was funny because you it was so happy changing directions. Uh, which is probably why it was so unstable at high uh-huh. speed. <laughs> yes. Um, but it wasn't, it didn't necessarily translate into cornering speed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is a weird sort of uh, situation. But yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm sure someone listening can be like, well, you need right. one degree less camber yeah, and two it, degrees more toe in. And, uh-huh. more, and I, okay. Sure. Right, right. I want my car to go fast. <laughs> yes, yes. Press pedal. Yeah. Shift gear. Make fast. Seven degrees faster. That's what I want. <laughs> yes, yes. Um. So, so you took the second shift. Um. And then who else drove that day? Um. So, um, my uncle took the first and third stints, and then my dad took the last stint. Okay. So and your cousin stint. was running the pit. Yeah, running the pit, and did an awesome job at that. And cool. Then, um. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Burping, no problem. Burping now. Um. And then, yeah, we did the checker flag. So, I mean, we made a 16-hour race di- distance. In a 1987 Maserati yeah. Viterbo. Yeah. This car is almost 30 years old. Yeah. And Italian. And Italian. <laughs> well, and it's 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 the it's made better because it's the engineering of the French with the build quality of the Italians. <laughs> Right, because it's a French engine, uh huh, and somehow, you know, it it made it through. I mean, despite being used as a braking zone by a Mustang, <laughs> and and having the deck that much of a deck stacked against it, and me driving it, we we made it through. Yes, and that was really congratulations, cool. man. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was a really cool, and we ended up twenty uh, third overall. Twenty third out that's of a, seventy. That's amazing. Now we were in the top class. Oh, you were or <laughs> yeah, weren't? we were. Oh, so we okay. were in D class, um, and we were we ended up third in class. Out of, oh, wow! I think six or seven. I don't remember. And one of the cars we were up against was just absurdly ridiculous. Okay, which is a Pagani Wyra. Essentially, it okay. might as well be in uh-huh. the chump car world. It might as well have yeah. been. Yeah. Okay. It was a uh, Nissan 240SX that had had uh, uh, an engine swap with the. Uh, they had put a, the Lexus four liter V8 in it, yes. so they called it the 400SX. That and it was uh... the most beautiful, beautifully prepped race car I've ever seen. Like, just absolutely gorgeous and just insane fast. I would imagine insane fast. Like you could tell. In the corners, like you would see them in the corners, and they you could tell they were kind of babying it in the corners. It didn't look like they were pushing. It really, really, didn't. yeah, it really didn't look like they were pushing. And okay. maybe they were, maybe they were just that good at drivers. But I know they passed me one time on turn fourteen, which is the last, the last corner. It leads goes onto the main straight. Uh huh. And the main straight's really long, like it's over a mile. I yeah, think. it is. Yeah. And um, um, you. So basically, like I, I had the good line through fourteen, and they were compromised, so they had a worse exit than me. So I reeled them in for ten yards, mm-hmm. and then they like hit the hyperspace button and just <laughs> fucking disappeared. It was insane. Okay, and we were supposed to be in the same class, uh-huh. you know, and they were yeah. just 
gone. They just went to ludicrous speed. Yeah. They've gone to plaid. Yeah, and it was it was like, oh, I was a little slow out of that corner. I guess I'll I guess I'll go just balls out right now. Oh. So they got it straightened up and really just disappeared. That's amazing. It was crazy. And yeah, so your nineteen eighty seven Maserati is in the same class. Right. As but, this V eight Lexus. Yeah. So they I would and, imagine number of cylinders and induction. Yeah, there's some uh, the chump car rules are, are kind of weird um, as to how they calculate class. Um, it's based on a point system and it's based on like displacement, but then turbos are kind of a big penalty. Yep. Um, you know, even ones that's choked off as ours. That's that's really classic for racing, though. Anytime yeah. somebody brings something turbocharged to a normally aspirated table, yeah, they're normally hit with some pretty big penalties. Yeah. So, the, the, but there's some controversy with that 400 SX that a lot of people think that they were not penalized as much as they should have been and probably should have been in the exhibition class. Okay. Um, because of um, some other details, because they had done like a, you know, they had done a, a hub swap and and all and all this other stuff. But um, yeah, the forums are a Twitter about it. <laughs> okay, and so yeah, I would like to ask you about that. So, did you talk to other teams and other folks? Like, what was the intermingling and kind of the culture of around this? Yeah, I wish I had made more time to do that. Um, the, everyone seemed really friendly. The few people that I did talk to, the guys next to us in the garage had a, a Dodge Stratus. Oh, and they were actually whoa. pretty, really quick, especially okay. the, the main guy, and he was a really cool, nice guy. Um, uh, but I and I didn't know the Dodge Stratus was the third gen, uh, Daytona. No, it's the third gen, uh, uh, Eclipse. Oh, it's the same car essentially. What? Yeah, the V6. Oh, the one that nobody likes. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So yep. the 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 Eclipse that nobody likes. Is right. What I'm, what I'm, yes. But so yeah, that that car was actually really pretty quick and um they had a hard time keeping brakes on it they went through i think like three or four sets of pads holy cow um uh but they they made it through the the race weekend and uh, and did really well i think they they ended up finishing right around us i can't remember if they finished in front of us or back of us but they were they were really cool um uh, and then there was a guy there with a sob uh, uh-huh. who i talked to really briefly and I, my dad a classic as a c900 yeah the 900 mm-hmm. uh, the first gen 900 yep um and he was he was really nice um i guess my dad had talked to him before and he knew that i had a turbo x so he was oh cool. he was excited about that yeah. well, um, all saab owners are notified when someone acquires something as cool as a turbo right, x right yeah there's a distribution list i you're on it i just <laughs> you just nobody's bought a turbo x since then so you haven't gotten an email <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah, so that was cool. And yeah, everybody just kind of helped each other out. We borrowed tools from people and okay. I repaid them with beer and that sort awesome. of thing. Awesome. Yeah. I really like that. I really wish I could have been there to to help out uh and should it come up again, I would love to to go with you. Yeah, I think uh we will definitely have a chance to yeah, uh fumble around in the pits with a broken car. I I look forward to doing a live podcast from the sidelines. Uh, Why isn't it running? <laughs> Why is the transmission broken again? The live updates on Ian's family dynamics. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, F is for family. Yeah. Um, yeah. So congratulations, Thank Ian. Thank you. So I I know you do shun encouragement, um, but I had a lot of confidence in I'm you. About to, I'm about to stare at the table. Yep. Uh-huh. And re- fidget with your zipper on yep. your hoodie. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of confidence in you going into this. I just, you know, I, 
you have a lot. You do have some talent. You can really tell. You have uh, mechanical sympathy. So for for right. things like that, where the transmission <laughs> requires a certain uh, magic hand for shifting, <laughs> right. you pick up on that kind of stuff. You you yeah. do have a really good read. And you know, like like you explained with the lesson in tire pressure, mm-hmm. you had that feeling again, and you you could you recognized it. Right. Right. So yeah, I. I'm really excited that it turned out as well as I thought it could. Um, I knew you would do well. And, you know, I'm really proud of you, man. Well, thanks, Dave. I I, really am. Thanks. I wish I was a faster. And I'm curious to see how I do with a team that isn't required to still like me at the end of it. Right, right. (laughs) Um, So I would like to see how how that goes. And I'm just, my whole goal is just to keep, like, gaining as much experience as I can so I can do some of these. Yes. Throughout the year. Yes. And not, never have to actually own a race car. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, you and I have discussed getting my track sob into lemons. Yes. And I, I still think we should do. I really would like us to work on that. So team clear coat, formal announcement. <laughs> we are going to try our best to run at the 24 hours of lemons at High Plains Raceway. Oh, wow. You're in, really putting it out. You're giving it specifics. In 2016. Yeah. In June. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mid-June. 24 hours of lemons. Yeah. You'll drive, I'll drive. I know probably two other people that will drive. Yeah. And, and I, I think you and you and I can get our stuff together and get the car ready. I like it. I think it's a good goal. Yeah. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> so let's go ahead and um, if I would like to say that if anybody listening has any experiences that they'd like to share with us, uh, their first time racing their experience with chump car or any other racing class, uh, lemons, anything like that. If you would like to weld a roll cage in my track saw <laughs> for me, I would love it. You're going to have as uh, many team clear coat stickers and, yes. and as much beer as you want. Yes. That's what yes. we can offer you. Uh, I may give you one or both basset hounds that yeah. I own. <laughs> unless, unless of course you have a, 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 I don't know, welding company. Uh huh. You, that's a sponsorship deal right yep. there. We will, we will talk, we will say your name for, I'm going to say 10 episodes. Yes. Yes. I'm oh just, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, Ian and I are going to formally work on that. And I'm really excited to see that develop. I, I cannot think of anybody else that I would like to enter this venture with than you. So I'm excited. Yay. Yeah. Um, uncomfortable friendship moment yeah we've already discussed that feelings happen on team clear <sighs> i know i'm I not know. okay with it it's okay That's it's, right. a, it's all right buddy we're gonna get through it um so i like let's... how this is slowly morphing into just dave provides ian therapy <laughs> like that's when this is slow like we're not by like episode 25 there won't be any cars it'll just be like come bring it in bring it in come get a hug so when you were seven, your mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's going to turn into. <laughs> um, you know, this is our podcast. Ian. We've talked about my smashed up cycling genitals. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And we're going to have a story about that in the next podcast. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, and so let's go ahead and lighten it up a little bit with a special FMK cars. Yeah. And we're going to, we're at a buck oh seven or something now. Oh, so we're, long. we'll try to get these uh, done quickly and get our podcast listeners on the way. Ian's typing a password. You've heard the Windows 7 login sound. I have, I'm an IT guy, so I have a long, complicated <laughs> password. Alt-223 <clears throat> yeah. space 
Yeah, yeah. Lots of special characters. Okay. Yeah. All right, so this is going to be things that I saw. Yes, I was so hoping that you would do this. At the Chump Car. I was going through Instagram trying to find people's posts so that I could form one of these on my own, but I just simply ran out of time. Oh, okay. Um, so this is going to be very specific, so it's going to also... There's going to be catches with all of these. Okay. So the first one is the 400SX. Yes. Oh, that chassis takes engines so well. Yeah. It's, and it was, it was beautiful. It was so well done. It was done up like one of the cars from the movie cars. Oh, Um, awesome. It was really cool. Um, I I want to go to there. Yes. Okay. So it's the 400SX, but everyone you interact with Uh is resentful of you and thinks you're probably cheating. Okay. 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 All right. Just in life in general. Yeah. Should we, should we explain FMK cars again? Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So it's fuck, Mary kill. F is, uh, you, you drive it for a day. You get to do whatever you want with it. M is it's your new daily driver. Warts and all. Yep. Everything. And then K is it goes to the crusher immediately. Yep. And sometimes we tack on little things, like Ian has loaded up a Ford Expedition uh, with kittens so that I wouldn't crush it. Or if I did, (laughs) I would have had to kill kittens. Things like that. Okay. So the 400SX is is the first one. Ah, beautiful. But again, everybody you meet hates you. Yep. Yep. From now on. Yep. Yep. Including my wife? Well, she just thinks like... He's I, up to something. Oh, okay. You know, like, you get a lot of side-eye, that's what you get. That's all your human interactions from now on are side-eyes. Okay. My dogs look yeah. at me. Hmm. What are you on to? They're like, they ha- they start hiring, like, uh, uh, e- like uh, eaters for their dog food to make sure you're not poisoning them. Okay. Yeah. They have a court gesture, like, come in and try their dog food first. You're like, what the hell? Yeah. Who's this Chihuahua? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. So the second one is the Maserati by Turbo. Wonderful. But your only parts resource is an auto zone in rural Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Okay. And then a Saab 900, the first gen Saab 900. Uh-huh. Super cool paint scheme. Yes. But you have to fix the transmission every six hours. Okay. Okay. Every six hours of driving or just every six hours of existence? Probably the <laughs> latter, but we'll be nice and just say six hours of driving. Okay. All right. So I am going to – I am going to – oh, boy. This is tough. Do you want to be good and be hated? <sighs> I – Or do you want to be lovable and broken? I I will – be as I am, which is lovable and broken. <laughs> uh, hooray for metaphors. <laughs> Who's doing God, therapy really now? Is a therapy session. <laughs> so, um, I am going to crush the uh, Nissan 400SX, and it kills me to have to do that. Yeah. Because, first of all, it's an engine swap, so you already get a million car dude points right there. Yeah. Um, I would love to own one of those at some point and do a Nissan Skyline um, twin turbo inline six swap yeah. on it. Get a front clip. I've run the numbers. I have an idea about how much it would cost. I could probably get it done for about nine grand. What? If I do all the work. Really? Yeah. So you can get a front clip from a wrecked. There's nine grand worth of furniture in this house. Let's (laughs) let's get to work. Let's 
<laughs> Stop looking around my living, <laughs> my basement for things you can put on Craigslist. I really am. Like, well, we'll get a couple hundred bucks for that. <laughs> um. So anyway, yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna kill the the Nissan. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Um. I am going to marry the Maserati, <laughs> and we'll get back to that. Um. I am going to. F the Saab, because I've never driven a classic Saab. Uh, my buddy Chris, that will be a guest on this podcast at some point. Hi, Chris. Uh, he owned an amazing classic ni- Saab 99, and the drivetrain is very similar. It's one of those, it, the engine is in quote-unquote backwards. The yeah. transmission is at the very front of the car. So I think I could swap the transmission. E- and like, you can change a clutch on those things in two hours. That's like crazy. that's a real thing that people do. <clears throat> yeah, I think they did it. Was yeah, the race? Yeah, I'm sure they did. And so, so I would drive that for a day, change the transmission once or twice, and have a great time. Yeah. Um, because that thing has to handle so, so strangely. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> I've heard it that it's very much like you're you're sitting directly over the front wheels. Right. Like it's very direct. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that it is and. So then I'm going to marry the Maserati by turbo because it is a turbo. But my parts resource is a AutoZone in rural Wisconsin. Yep. That is it. I am going to thumb through that catalog (laughs) and I'm going to order an LS1 crate engine. (laughs) And I'm I'm going to un-Italian that car as much as possible. Yeah. I will buy all the hardware to hold down the seat rails. (laughs) And that's what I'm going to do. All right. All right. It's a little bit of a cheat. but It is. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you give me access to an AutoZone. They can get crate engines. That's true. Uh, I guess. Uh, so I'll go ahead and do one. Let me get to my list. Do do do. Cars I'm no longer allowed to use. Okay, so to continue in the race theme. Okay. Uh, this will probably best be illustrated visually. You'll know what these are, but I'll see if I can put one of these up on Instagram. These are cars with, in my opinion, an amazing car made even better by a racing livery. Oh. Oh. Okay. Ian's eyes light up. Yeah. So I'm, I'm into this. Yeah, you want Ian to li- you <clears throat> want Ian to listen. You mentioned cars, you mentioned racing, and you mentioned liveries. Yeah. And is that how you say it? Livery? Yeah. Oh, I, th- I hate saying I thought you were gonna serve me some liver and I was really excited. Yes. <laughs> yes. You I'm disappointed you, again. You get a fine assortment of liveries <laughs> and cheeseries. Yeah, no. Yeah, All right, charcuterie. So I'm, I'm I'm trying to run through my Knowledge yeah. of race liveries. Of course. Okay, so, right. yeah, you can probably guess at least one of these on the list, I would assume, too. Yeah. So the first one is the Ford GT40. Uh, yes. This is the, the more current GT40, not the new so one that's the about GT40, to come. So not the GT40, the GT. Yes, the, the Ford GT, yes. The one that Jeremy Clarkson had the and 2005 hated. one? Yes, 2005. Yeah. I've seen a couple in person. They're cool. They are awesome. Yeah. So with the Golf yes. livery, Ugh. baby right. blue and orange. I mean, okay. You I, you I already say, have my M. All right. Yeah, you you say. Well, <clears throat> I don't know if you do. Okay. Um. So you say baby blue and orange, and then you see Golf, yeah. and it all just falls into place. Yep. 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 So up next we have a Lancia Stratos. Oh. Yeah. In the Italia. In the all Italia. I'm giving you an option on this. Oh. Because they actually did make one with the martini livery. Oh, they did. So you can have oh, that was right. more common on the Delta Integral. 
but they did make a version of the Stratos with it. Yeah. So you can have the Martini or the Italia. I think I actually, I, I think I'd go with the Italia. Green and red. And like the, the gold wheels. Uh-huh. Yeah, they all Italia. That's okay. what you want. Yeah. All right. So, and then lastly, <clears throat> you have a Jaguar XJ220 with oh. the silk cut livery. Which one was the silk cut livery? It was the odd purple and gold. I know exactly which one you're talking yeah. about. Oh, man. Primarily, the car was primarily white. Yeah. But it did have... Uh, Damn it, Dave. That's a really tough choice. If I'm doing a good job... Yeah. I uh, I'm, I make the, the choice hard. Hmm. I'm going to pull up the silk cut livery. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm having a hard time picturing that one. But I, th- I think I remember they, they raced it at Le Mans, right? Like I that? don't know. I'm pretty sure. XJ220. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it looks awesome. It and it's cool. attached. It's painted on an XJ220. I know. Man. I know. An and you can get so parts cool. from places other than rural Wisconsin. <laughs> Um, man, that's tough. So, I think I'm going to marry the Lancia. Okay. They all tell you, because that's just Ooh. way yeah. too cool. I, and again, this is another one where I'm just going to up my life insurance. Yeah, because those things are <clears throat> deadly. Yeah. Uh, super short wheelbase and lots of power through the rear wheels. A transversely mounted rear engine. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to, oh God, I'm going to end up killing that Ford GT, I think. If it was the GT40, mm-hmm. I, think the classic my, GT40. I think my answer would be different. Yeah, I was debating as to whether or not to do that, but I with I kind of wanted to hop a couple eras. Yeah, and then I'm going to hoon the shit out of that, out of that XJ220. Oh, yeah. It, like in Top Gear when they did the old supercar versus new supercar challenges. Yeah. Where they had the uh, XJ220 versus a Pagani Zonda uh-huh. drag race. Yeah. And the X, the Jaguar whipped it something fierce. Yeah. You should just run around all day. So I think I think what I would do with it for my one day, my F day uh-huh. with the 220 is I would go for a, a cannonball run. Yes. Yes. And just go, just be in jail uh-huh. after that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's it. Yep. I would just live in jail after that. Let's start a Kickstarter for your bail. <laughs> <laughs> it would be enormous. Yeah. And the gas bill, which I'm yeah. assuming would yeah. just be, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I would do. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's great. Cool. So, this has been our very special Team Clear Coat <laughs> podcast. Very special episode. The post-race report yeah. from Ian. Yeah. Um. Once again, I'm really happy you had the chance to do it. Really proud of you. You did Team Clear Coat. Good. You repped us very strong. Thank you. With my middling performance. Hey. <laughs> hey. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> um. So you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr at Team Clear Coat. Um, I am at Nuck Nuck Goose on Instagram and Twitter. I am uncomfortable with self-promotion. <laughs> no, I'm uh, at I Roll So Hard. Excellent. And uh, I appreciate everybody listening. Um, send us your race-themed FMK cars yeah. if you have one. Uh, we'd love to play them on the show. 
and send us one. Uh, I would also like to say that if anybody sends us an FMK cars, we will send them one of our new Team Clear Coat stickers. Yes. Yes, uh, we will. So you'll get something in the mail if you send an e- email us a FMK cars suggestion. Uh, please don't email us 9 million FMK cars suggestions. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have that problem. Though. I don't you, think so either. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And bye. Goodbye. 